I am unashamed. What about you? All right, we got big, uh, big unashamed. We were right at history's door. <laughs> I was so excited. We were so close. I thought that we were going to have eight people here. We were going to make history. We had planned on eight. I didn't know if eight people had attempted a podcast. Not, not in Unashamed Nation. Not, not, I don't even know that we've attempted seven, but we're testing it today. I was thinking bigger, <laughs> the history of the world. But uh, Zach I'm sure one of sent them. a representative, a much better representative. Well, when you, have, when you have an option between Zach and Jill Dasher and you get Jill, we call that an upgrade. Jill, welcome. That's right. Welcome to <laughs> Unashamed. Uh, we don't have Zach. Where, where is Zach? Tell us where Zach is. Zach, Zach is currently on an airplane. Hopefully he'll make it safely, we too. We pray for that. I think he's going to L.A. for Ooh. a few days, you know, yeah, living the, the high life. So he's but, a movie um, mogul now. He's, he's <laughs> doing documentaries. He's making movies. He's promoting, marketing. That's what he does now, right? But it, he started with us, didn't he? He did. If he were here, he would say, go to, what's this push? I don't even know. Do you know, Jill? Go to oh, the blind shoot, I, something. I should know this. Yeah. <laughs> I should know this. He's, <laughs> yeah, theblindmovie.com. Is that what it is? Uh, uh, it's not, something it's, like that. I shouldn't you have you it Google up. blind movie, the blind movie, you'll get there. Yeah, you'll hopefully. get there. So. Yeah. I mean, he's, they've been working on this for seven years now. <laughs> No, <laughs> it feels like it. It feels like it. I know it feels like it to you, Jill. <laughs> I think it's more like fifty. Well, mom and, dad, mom, and dad, <laughs> mom and dad, mom and dad have been working on it for fifty years. <laughs> but it more is like sixty-four. So, mom, we've seen two clips, and what have you done at both clips? I cried like a baby. <laughs> so, so we think it's going to be a tearjerker, right? Well, everybody had tears did, if they didn't lie. I did. It's going to be good. So we, uh, so Missy, Lisa, Mom, welcome, Jill. We have all the wives are here today. That was the. I that, came prepared. I could be wrong. Jay. I wish you had that, that back says, in my day. I could be wrong, so I did. I would have bought that. This is me. my prep. The complete totality of my prep was putting this shirt on. <laughs> Dad, this is the uh, this is the homage to the Fox show outnumbered because today the men are outnumbered on unashamed we have four women three men what is it's, your ta- it's what's uh, your- falling victim to the culture <laughs> <laughs> in our culture females rule there you go oh yeah i'm so tough so we uh we actually the reason we did this today is because of where we are in first peter um that we're going to be talking about so i wanted to get a, a women's perspective. But before that, Missy, so you got to tell us, because we've been talking about you on recent podcasts. Oh, boy. Yeah, because I, I wouldn't know since I don't listen. I know. we don't. Oh, babe, we, thanks for that rousing <laughs> well, endorsement. She, she used to listen, but then she, she got so tired of correcting Jace's stories that she had to quit listening. Well, he, he's coined me the story police. <laughs> the story said, police. you know what? I just won't listen anymore. So, so now I want to. compromise. We will now be using a little slogan at the bottom of the podcast for you viewers, that every time I talk and tell a story, they're going to put based on a true story. <laughs> that would be better. Okay. That would Push be better. that through. They're all scrambling around wondering yeah, how that, to make yeah. that happen. Now or you can just happen. open your shirt after the end of every story that you tell. That's why I wore the shirt, babe. He does reference that quite often. Well, I wish I'd have had one of those when he was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord has softened me, Kay. Oh, I know. Yes. I've seen it. You should. If he was going to get a tattoo, Mom, that that could be the tattoo. I could. Be I don't right. know. No. But if I no. said you, this, he said that, and if I said this, he said that. Now you did. Sorry. Now, if you see me getting a tattoo, I'm dead. <laughs> I don't mind if y'all want to do that after I die. Just for I'm gonna I'm gonna do it then if I if you die first. He was wrong. I'll just I'll just do <laughs> that. <laughs> Forget about it. I could be wrong. He was wrong. Right there on the arm. So so Missy, you were you went to Spain. 
because we talked about it on the podcast. We 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 did some of your jelly on the podcast. I wasn't in town, but I wa- I watched from afar. We tried some of your jelly, which was was excellent. I, I, I ate it too. I thought this one. I didn't go looking for souvenirs, but once I tasted that, I thought I'm going to take a risk. And buy that jar for Phil because it to me it tasted so good, mm-hmm. and it was tart. Yeah. And I know he likes that because of the Mayhaws. You like the Mayhaws and the slow and all that. Said I'm fixing to take a big risk here, and buy that for Phil. And who knows if he'll like it or not. But I'm sure I'll hear about it either way. We had a nice discussion about he it. He gave it a neutral rating, which okay. in the overall <laughs> grand well, scheme, that's was, a win. I thought it was delicious. Well, I good. did. Too. I ate some yesterday. Yeah, I thought it was. It opened up some dialogue about our our Scottish roots, which I thought was really <clears throat> interesting and good. So you were in Spain, and you your daughter-in-law had your grandson. Yes. Yeah, Tell so, us a little bit about that story. So we Jace's, had- well, Jace's best friend, Barrett, who I know he's talked about many times on the podcast, his wife and I went to Spain. And because just worked out, we had a lot of points on our credit card and just some really great circumstances worked out where we went and we got to stay in this little apartment in a neighborhood. So off the beaten path, not in the touristy part. And we really got to experience some of the Spanish Catalonia culture. And it was amazing. But some of the stuff that we did to her, you know, I learned a lot about who um, um, we say when we say, "Ooh, that's gaudy, like in terms of design. There is a man, you know, called his name was Gowdy. That's where we get that. And his design is kind of out there. But he was a very spiritual man. And you know, a lot of that over there is Catholicism. And they hold Mary to a certain regard. And he was about all about Jesus. And some of the stuff he wrote, like on his cathedrals and things, were amazing. But he would build them so high. There was one that was just crazy looking. But he said that man should never outdo what God has done. So he did not build anything above whatever mountain was in the area. Hmm. So what I thought was really amazing. Yeah. So there's there was some really amazing Christian history and culture that we were able to learn and experience. And Apparently the Almighty has given you a thumbs up. <laughs> is that thunder? <laughs> Whoa. What is that? Okay, I don't maybe, know. Maybe uh, God is speaking right now. <laughs> but anyway, so that's so we, we went there. We just feel like duck season for our husbands is very intense. Well, it's getting hot in here. It, <laughs> it, it can be tense in our homes by come January. So yeah. we were on a little tour one day, and we were with some other Americans, and they were like, so, you know, how do y'all know each other? And we told them, and they said, so do y'all do this every year? And I looked at Shannon, and I said, yep. Starting now, we're doing this every year. We're going to do some kind of a um, a trip to get away because I do think it's important to be fresh and um, positive for our husbands when they are very stressed and tired because of duck season and all that. All well, that brings. and you threw in a you know production of a TV show. Well, yeah, that too. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, by the and, way, and had, my grandbaby was born while I was there. Oh, well, yeah. So you know, there was a that. lot of things going on. Of course, he came early. That was not the plan. Right, right. But little David Silas Robertson was born a couple of days before our trip ended, and he was he's perfect and beautiful and healthy and all is well. So that was exciting. If you're keeping score, Sai, when he named me. When you was out on the river catching fish, I named Reed, or we named Reed, after me. And then now we're continuing the legacy, which is kind of scary when you you look at the original person behind that. It's a little scary, (laughs) but I think worth (laughs) leaving a legacy. Yeah. I think, well, we were talking about it in our compound. Chain text chain, and I said it'll be a fourth generation of. Um, I'm trying to think of the term I used. I was trying to think of the um, BS. I think storytelling. Storyteller. There you go. <laughs> 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 trying to think of a sanitized version that I used. Jill, tell us, give us an upgrade on what your life is like, because Mia and Leah are Layla. 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 The Black Mountain Fast Lane. What's yes, going on with you guys? So Catch the audience. Layla up. moved to Nashville, and she's going to Lipscomb, and her and Mia are roommates. And I told Missy, I said, they need a podcast because their <laughs> stories 
are hilarious every day. The other day I laughed so hard because Layla's been sick. And so she's snoring at night and she's just been so congested that she said, Mia finally got up in the middle of the night and was like, Layla, stop. And of course, Mia just like, and so the Layla telling the story, I, I just love it there. I think it's such a blessing that family can, you know, be close like that. They were born just a couple of weeks apart. They had birthdays together growing up. So it's, it's just really cool. Um, and then the rest of the gang is in, we're in Black Mountain and we're just holding the fort down, you know, taking care of babies. <laughs> we have another foster child right now. So we've got an addition. Shocker. And he's absolutely precious. <laughs> um, but it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, Jill's the, <clears throat> she's the old woman who lived in the shoe. Mm-hmm. How's our baby Ruth? I think that would have impacted me more if, I, if they'd had an audio on it. I could have heard her. Sometimes when you're not heard, I've learned the old lesson, just let it ride. <laughs> Dad, does, not, Dad not does that smile. a lot, doesn't he, Mom? Yeah, he, he does. Just, <laughs> he just sits over there and not hears you quite often. All the time, but he nods his head he like not, he, he nods does. Like he's you get the, less say what's, the say what's get more rare <laughs> The older you get, <laughs> where where they never have to say, say what? What? No. It's not worth you, it. You, you just you, say, oh, well. Yeah. Dad finds let, himself let not clarifying anymore. It's just like, let it yeah, ride. that's fine. I don't need clarity. I mean, maybe we just need the older you get, like mandatory lip reading <laughs> classes. <laughs> Because it is. Clarity. Yeah, it is a problem. You've been around people to where they pick every little thing. And, and unless it's their way, they're just mouthing about it the whole all the time, whatever, whatever it may be. I tend to drown that out. I, I, there you I, go. I, just I told learned. you I learned that skill where I can sleep with my eyes open. So if it's too nonsensical, I just take a nap. Oh, well, we learned a lot about like relationships it. here. Yeah. I'm glad none of y'all's wives are like that, though. Phil <laughs> <laughs> said I cackle like a chicken. <laughs> Are you a cackler, Mom? Yeah, I am. I just carry on. <laughs> and he acts like he hears me anyway. And, uh, and that's all you need, isn't it? That's right. Acknowledged by some way nodding. <laughs> he ain't heard a word, but he's nodding. Yep. Kind of with the meaning like, I'm ready for you to be quiet now. It's kind of like when you talk with mom on the phone. As long as you just give an occasional hmm. I'm not sure she requires that <laughs> on the phone. Well, she just wants to make sure the call hadn't dropped. That's all she, all she needs. I said, last time I talked to you, I said, Alan, are you there? Are you still there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just an occasional hmm. <laughs> I feel like we should go around and tell how long we've all been married. <laughs> we should. Let's take a break first. Thanks to you guys and your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they've got big news. They now offer service with all three major networks. This means that if you're with the big three and like the service, but you hate their values, which most of us do, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee, so if you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Excellent. Patriot Mobile, remember, is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve your God-given rights, your freedoms. They support right to life. They support a lot of the things that we support, Second Amendment. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. Their 100% U.S.-based customer support team makes switching easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Phil. That's patriotmobile.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 878-PATRIOT. That's patriotmobile.com slash Phil, or call them at 878-PATRIOT. All right, you want to start, Dad? We're going on 33 here. Wow. Good Whoa. job, babe. Just, that I seems, Jay, well, just from me, I remember when you dated your now wife, that seemed like that quick. 33 years? That's where we're headed. Most, yeah. 
I wouldn't have recommended we go around tell now her how long we've been married the, if I hadn't thought about that. Her baby. parents <laughs> did not recommend you as her husband. Not not at you, first. You were of low recommendation. No, you don't know. I, yeah. I, I, wait, hold on just a second. Did they take a stance that just it's not going to happen, or was it kind no, of like, no, ah. It's because of my age. We were young. It's not that they rejected him. They did not like the time frame. Because I was the ripe old age of seventeen when we were engaged. But this That's is her the problem. Positive that was their problem. With yeah, I never thought all about it. All I heard ever. was no. <laughs> <laughs> Which one I but think the about? The parents were saying no, but Missy was saying, "Give it some time. It, it, it'll work out." But is that is that the kind she of she was way more like maybe. No. (laughs) She was like, yes, but like. Well, if you think about this, like Layla and Mia are both 19. They're two years older than what I was when we were engaged. What if Mia came home now and said, "Um, I'm about to be proposed to? It would depend on the fella. If it was someone like me, I would say, okay. What about two years ago? (laughs) What about two years ago? Babe, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> so how old were y'all when y'all got married, Missy? I was 19, and he was... I was, was 20. I was six, six days yeah. from being 21. So. Yep. We were young. We were young. What about you, with Jill? How long have y'all been married? We will... This June will be 23 years of marriage. 23 or 22. Shoot, I... I can't remember one of the two. Um, I know we <laughs> made it to twenty, it? and I always thought if you make it to twenty years, because man, there were a lot of years where I just was crossing my fingers. <laughs> yeah, but we got married young. I was twenty. I had just turned twenty, and um, Zach was twenty-three. So yeah, well, y'all were old. Wow. It, it, well, I mean, in in Louisiana years, yeah, we were ancient getting married. But <laughs> what's funny is I lived in North Carolina at the time, and none of my friends were even talking about marriage. So I was, everyone thought I was crazy getting married at 20. Um, but it's funny how different states have different cultures. And so, yeah. What, Mom? Oh, well, here's the way I have to tell it. <laughs> <laughs> Insert. Know, get I your know. shirt ready, Get the babe. based on a true story ready. <laughs> well, here's the way I put mine. We've been together, dating and married, for 64 years. Good. Wow. 64. That's a and lot. We fell it, is, it is worth interjecting just to help answer the question. One of the things that came up is I was a senior in high school, and she was a junior in high school. She was in the 11th grade, and I was in the 12th grade. So I'm fixing to graduate from high school, take off to some university on a, on a football scholarship. I got scholarships offered from you know, most of the universities. So when it finally came down, I'm going to Louisiana Tech, I told her that. I said, I'm heading to Tech. You're a junior in high school, you know. Stuck it up. I said, you know, well, she said, well, wait a minute here. Oh, mm-hmm. you think I'm not going with you? I said, well, I mean, just, you better, if your mama has a problem with you, you might ought to run it by her because I'm going yeah. to leave. If you want to go with me, let's, let's go. So she said, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So, so you know, that. In some yeah. in some family structures, that would be a problem. <laughs> you think? You're right. <laughs> I can't imagine that not working <laughs> out for, for most people. This <laughs> is normal, right? Well, we need some counseling. <laughs> so, what were the? Did your mama ever give an answer when you said, oh, "Here's what's going well, on"? Yeah, how'd that go down, Mom? Well, see, my mama was dating at the same time as me because I lost my daddy when I was 14 years old to a heart attack. And uh, she was young, and so it just so happened that we're dating at the same time. And I just, I think she was happy because she could go on with her, uh, you know, dating. Yes. And uh, so she wasn't afraid. My grandmother's the one that helped me through everything, though. I mean, she had taught me so much growing up to, to always be, one man and one woman for one life. And I said, but some people get divorced. And she said, you'll never use that word. You won't need to. You're just never. She said, that's why you have to fight for your marriage. 
And I said, why would I have to fight for my marriage? And she said, because Satan wants to destroy all marriages. And he'll he'll come after you. Plus, it's worth mentioning, I guess, uh, you know, you know the truth, truth will set you free, that during that time, we were a little bit slow on actually going and getting their marriage license. Took a while. Sign the dotted line. For how many, what, how long? Did, a couple of years? <laughs> well, for, it was before Jason was born. I it know was, that. It was, yeah. It that was the most important. It was about four years after that. So it wasn't It wasn't quite the clean line of most most couples. You know, in fact, I, I, this is just, I'm throwing this out here as a suggestion, but y'all's lives were so unique and different, you might could make a movie about how unique and different it was. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> and call it the blind. Yeah, I was, you know, like uh, uh, the justice of the peace where you go, where they just say, you know, okay, you have to go through the formality sign right here. Uh, we walked in there, you know, we, we Miss Kay was out 10 bucks on the blood. They gave you, say to Oklahoma, that's where we went, Ida Bell, Oklahoma. They take a blood test, you know, see if you got any, you know, diseases, I guess. But you, then they send you right down the road, and the guy said, you know, you want her? I said, yeah. He said, sign right here. Well, he said a little. I mean, it was a short wedding ceremony. I signed the thing, yeah. and he said, that'd be $15. And I was like, 15 Miss Kay, you got any money? I always had the money. Yeah. <laughs> you she, didn't have she any went, money. She went through a little billfold, came up with the 15 bucks, you know, and it was a short wedding, less than a minute. <clears throat> We found out it was actually in, in April of 68, I think was the official time. So 55 years. The main thing was before Jason was born. That's what I wanted to It was before Jason was born, which we're glad. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> it was slow. Listen, listening to y'all share your story, it, I'm, I'm thinking about the movie because it's been our life for the last couple of years. And just y'all talking and sharing that little part, I'm just Im- Im- imagining the scenes in the movie that are depicting some of that. And I would just cry all over again. It's just, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's so touching. I cannot wait. I just can't wait for everybody to get to see that. Well, bring your tissue. Oh yeah. Come to sure. So Lisa and I are, this will be 39 for us this year. Mm-hmm. In, uh, 39. 39 years. years. Yep. We're approaching 40 uh, for us as well. And, um, you know, it's been some rocky roads, but God has seen us through as yep. well. So we, we've we had the privilege of uh, working with a lot of marriages that have had difficulties because God has seen us through some stuff as well. So, And I think that's the beauty of where we are in this text because we're in First Peter 3, uh, which is where we're going to be studying, which is why I want to have uh, the wives, I want to hear their voices. One is because, you know, obviously you get to hear us pontificate on scriptures because we we've taught you know the text and, and the bible for many many years but our wives have as well you don't have a you don't do what we've done in terms of um, shepherding people and discipling people and teaching people without your wives being a part of that process and every group we've had every <clears throat> you know all the things we've done through the years we've done that together as couples and from the beginning, every one of us have. And so that process has been uh, something is a, is a shared thing we've done together. So let's take a break. And on the other side of that break, we'll, I'll kind of set up what we've been talking about and then we'll get into this text. So w- this whole thing has been about submission ever since we got to chapter two because you, if you look back, and it's funny, Missy, you talked about when you on your trip to Spain, the idea about the the buildings with the gaudy, which was interesting because he uses Peter uses a metaphor <clears throat> about us being built into this spiritual building, and we talked about the idea of comparing that to a temple before, because that's what he uses as that example. Except now, of course, we are the temple. And we are the one that offer the the uh, sacrifices because that's our lives. That's our, you know who we are. But he's talked about submission to God, submission to the government and the governing authorities who are there. He talked about submission to even those who they were in this indentured servitude to in slavery was the word they used, but it was a lot different than slavery in the modern era. And even submission to Christ's example as he 
submitted himself into death. <clears throat> and so we've talked about all that up to now. And so we get to chapter three, and it's interesting because he's going to shift it into a family setting, but he says in the same way. So the 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 concept is the same as everything he's been talking about up to now, and that is the same way you submit to God is how we now submit in relationship. So I just want to set that context going forward as we're going to talk about this. I want to read the text, and then I want to just kind of dive into a discussion and Jill, I did want to mention, Jill, which I'm so glad you're in this discussion, because you actually wrote a book uh, called Shallow, which deals a lot with what this text is dealing with about women and how they look and how they're viewed and how that affects how people, how they you know project themselves and how people look at them. So I want to talk about all that uh, as well as we, as we talk about this. So let me just read this text, and then we'll start breaking it down. <clears throat> This is 1 Peter 3. Wives, in the same way, and again, that's back to what we've been talking about in chapter 2, be submissive to your husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. Verse 2, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters, if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Verse 7, husbands in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life <clears throat> so that nothing will hinder your prayers. And I want to read this next little section because I think it kind of ties in <clears throat> as he expands a little bit further. He says, finally, all of you, that is the expansion, live in harmony with one another, be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because do this to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good, he must seek peace and pursue it, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, <clears throat> and his eyes are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So long text, <clears throat> but um, starts out with this idea of first wives, then husbands, but the, the, it's interesting because the idea is, is, is still about having an impact to win people which I thought was interesting. And he's talked about that throughout this whole idea. Somehow the response of your life is to win over someone else who doesn't know Jesus. And even he talks about that in a marriage context. So give me your, just your initial take on this text, on the idea of this. Because people look at this, and obviously, you know, our culture looks at something like this, and obviously they're like, what are you talking about? This is insane. Yeah, you know, this, is, this sets women back. This is a reason why, you know. I would never be a believer, whatever, you know, so give me your hot take. Well, that's one thing. And there are a lot of religions have contributed to that being appalled by the world because they've, in my opinion, had some terrible teachings come out of this, even in the church. And so uh, maybe that's why we all got together. <laughs> it's a difficult passage to talk about, but it's really, you know, when you look at Jesus as the example even because I know we're going to go to Ephesians 5. I mean, we're both called to be like Jesus. That's what's so beautiful about marriage. But, you know, even the headship of Jesus was about service, being a, being a servant. And so uh, when you get all the way down to how this applies in marriage, this having this submissive spirit, which is the reason I think he brought it up here, is going to go both ways. We just have different roles. And not unlike uh, the Trinity, 
I think marriage is a very good way to show how you can be equal and have different different ways to you know work in that. I mean, it's hard to explain, but I th- I think that's really what it is. I think there's a reason Jesus's first miracle was at a wedding, and it was a sign. And it seems insignificant because it's just over something, you know, something being uh, to save from public embarrassment, I guess. But I really think it was a vision and a prequel to what that marriage represents. You know, we're we're all the bridegroom of Christ, but we're also all sons of God. So it's like he he's using that analogy, and I think that's where you get the closest to understanding who Jesus is in marriage. Because you both have an opportunity to live like Jesus. That's my take. I think, too, what I was thinking about when I read this is I think it's one of those scriptures, you know, we tend to handle with like ease or we think, ooh, we're talking about the submission scripture, you know. And I honestly think if we understood submission the way it was meant to be understood through a biblical perspective, it wouldn't be this like, Oh, submission. I think our culture has taken the word submission and we've deemed it to have this negative view. Like it's a, it's a submission. Like it's, it's a bad word. And when I think about Christ and his kingdom, everything is upside down. And mm-hmm. so in the upside down kingdom of Christ, submission is, is a beautiful word. Like in, when it's in the context of the way God designed it, it's actually beautiful from both parts. And so I think why we have this tension is because we just believe we're, we're drawn to what the culture is telling us. Submission is bad. Service is, uh, you know, you're less than you're, and Christ is the opposite to serve is where the joy is at. It's where you're actually more fulfilled. And so I think I'm constantly as a woman that is living in my flesh and con- continually battling against my flesh, I'm reminding myself, Jill, you serve an upside down kingdom. Like whatever the world is telling you, pretty sure God's word is the opposite. So just just keep that in mind. That's what I thought about um, just in light of that word submission. Well, I think about the analogy sometimes that Jay sees is when we come to Christ, we have to submit ourselves to Christ. And he says, this is the only time where when you raise the white flag and surrender, you're, you're winning. You win. And again, that's the upside down Christ, right? That's the upside down kingdom because none of that makes any sense to anybody outside of Christ. And if we're, if anyone thinks that, that the, the policy that we're trying to set on the podcast today is submit to your husband because it's the right thing to do, it's submitting to Christ. And so when you do that, you that's what's called, what you're called to do then is submit to your husband. It makes it so much easier. If you try to submit to your husband first before you submit to Christ, that will never work because then you're just going to be losing, feeling like you're losing a battle all of the time. You're going to feel like the loser. But if you submit to Christ, then you're winning every time. And I think, too, let's remember the context, too, of what Peter's talking about is an unbelieving husband. So, that, except for Kay in the early years, we we haven't had that. I haven't had an unbelieving husband. This context is very different for our lives than it is for someone else's life. It's much more difficult if your husband is has not fallen at the knees of Jesus. If he still rebels toward Jesus, you're gonna be gonna be some flack. That's there. tough. That's gonna be tough. Yeah. which I think is really the underlying point because all the other illustrations he uses are submission in a setting that are not conducive to submitting. In other words, you're under an oppressive government, right? I mean, everything they were under in this scattered situation under Rome and all this was bad, right? You're under a situation where you're your master, and I put that in quotations, but whoever is over you is treating you badly. Remember he said, you're going to take a beating. Take one for do yeah. the right thing. Yeah. So every setting is a bad situation. Here in your situation, you're married to an unbeliever, and he's asking you to still treat them in a good way in spite of them not being good to you. So it's like every situation he's bringing up, it's like, look, you're suffering, but still you're God's 
daughter, you know, in this situation. So that seems to be what his point is, is even in a bad situation, you're really submitting to Christ, which is your point, more than you're submitting to this person, but you're trying to win them. Is the point. And, and also, Peter, you know, again, I know Jace talks about the chosen, but I mean, I watch it multiple times, and I think it's so good to understand the uh, per, the portrayal that Dallas Jenkins and they have about Peter himself and who Peter is, and watching kind of his and his wife's on the show, their relationship and how they work together, but. In you know the first season when when Jesus first calls Peter, and that's taken from John, where Peter you know just falls on his face in submission, like Jesus says, "Follow me," and he, you know, just pulled in all the fish that was not there. I mean, it came out of nowhere, and he realizes who this man is. He's the Messiah, and he submits to Christ. But yet, over the next three years of their relationship, and then even later when he's writing all of this. It's still hard. <laughs> it's still like a daily, you have to daily remind yourself to keep submitting to Christ because of all of the circumstances around in your life. They're hard. Life is hard. And you forget sometimes to keep putting Christ first. And so you have to daily remind yourself because if you just go from your that one day when you came to Christ and everything was perfect and your heart was clean and pure, if you could have that forever, then life wouldn't be hard. But it's a daily reminder. And so I think that's also where Peter comes in and reminds us all, you've still got to keep working at it. It's still a struggle. Well, I think you got to remember, too, that we're both supposed to, as, as husband and wives, we're both submitting to God first. And then wives submit to their husbands. One, I think, out of reverence to God, we submit to our husbands out of reverence to our Lord. Two, we do it out of respect for our husbands. Three, we do it to lead other people to Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got to think about what other people are looking at. Our children, for one. Um, people who are in the world. Um, also, other people at you know that we um, associate with, people at church, people we're trying to... Um, help in their own marriage. I mean, there are so many reasons why we do what we do. Now, submission looks different for everybody, I think. Um, And just the things we do every day, we submit. I mean, you know, you take dirty underwear and wash them, you're submitting because, I mean, you just got to think about what you're doing every day. You, You wash clothes, you clean the house, you cook the food. I mean, all of this is submission, Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, y- your husband comes in and says, you know, don't spend, you know, more than $25. We only have, you know, $30 in the account and you need to spend, you know, $27. Okay. Well then what am I supposed to do? You know, well, then you can only spend $25. <laughs> so <laughs> that makes it harder. You know, so then you got to think about all, then you got to go, okay, this is that submission thing again. This goes back to, okay, Lord, how am I supposed to do this? What Jay said too is like, we're, we're partners, you know, so we're past, thank goodness, after being married for 32 plus years, we're past the game playing. We're past the, your role is that. And I'm, you know, you, you have to do that. And I have to do this. Those were hard years. Yeah. You know, and I I would not want to relive those again. We're past that. But now it's like we are partners in it where we see like like he does his like he does a lot of his own laundry. Yeah. And that was one of those boxes that as a man, he was told not to do that. That was the woman's job. I don't know where that verse is, but it must be in there somewhere because that's what we were told. I think it's in second opinions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, you know. Al is not allowed in the laundry room. (laughs) I've been So we all have different, different, you know, perspectives. But, I mean, having the the role that that the Lord placed on us during Duck Dynasty, it limited my ability to pull off everything that I was supposed to pull off as the woman's role. So Jace one time walked in and said, well, I guess if anybody's going to wash clothes around here, it's going to be me. I said, I guess so. 
because <laughs> there was a lot of dirty clothes and I didn't have time to do it, yeah. you know? And yeah. so he started washing his own clothes. However... Was he wearing an I Could Be Wrong t-shirt? Not yet. <laughs> I like washing clothes. Yeah, so so now... But, but you know, what, what I'm trying to get to is that was not something like we had to have. I wasn't not submitting. Right, right. He said, I got to help out around here. We had gotten to the point in our marriage where he's like, I got to help out around here to get it done. Now, folding them and putting them away, he still does not do. But oh, now wait a minute here. <laughs> but now, no, wait, no, no. This, this, hang on, <laughs> is this a perfect time for a break? <laughs> okay. Now, I did wash the clothes, but I did not like the custom of getting everything. I'm like, I just, it's my clothes, I'm going to wear them. I'm going to put them in a pile somewhere. I remember that. No, I still do that. Still does that. It's my clothes. I put them in a pile. I don't want them folded neatly. To me, that's a waste of time. I want to be able to look at it in a pile and pick something out. They're clean. He's against folding. I'm against well, folding. He's against folding and, and putting, putting them up. Like, but he's not against trying to find them. So he's trying, you know, they're wrinkled. He's trying, I want that one shirt, which they're all this color, it seems like these days. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to find the one he wants. So so my my point well, is you put this on the top of the t shirt. You did fold not. it. Yeah, it was on the top. Well, that yeah. was not purposeful. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I guess she wants me to wear this today. (laughs) Let me finish my point. My point is I walk in from being gone or whatever, and all his clothes are all over the sofa in our living room. And I thought, I want to help my husband. So I'm going to organize it. I'm going to fold it. I'm going to put it away. So then when he walks in the closet, he can pull the shirt off the top of the pile and it's not wrinkling clean. And I think that's, is part of submission when yeah. I feel like there's a need in his life and I can fulfill it. Right. You're really good it. at that, babe. I will admit. You're really <laughs> yeah. good at that. You 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 do things like that. Uh what I was gonna say is I didn't have that transformation. I mean one just being married, you bring a certain ab- amount of baggage to the relationship in the way you were raised and just your culture or wherever you're what part of the country you're from. But the more I read the Bible Really, that's what uh, the light bulb went on about. You know, when I read my role in uh, Ephesians 5, it, it's you're, you're just not going to get something, uh, some kind of authority abuse or dominance or, you know, a poor attitude towards your wife. When you read, you know, the husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Like, well, wait a minute here. We're all familiar with it. He he died. He he literally gave his life. You know all the verses about. I didn't come here to be served. I came to serve, uh, to make her holy uh, by washing her with water through the word. I mean, this beautiful, you know, this beautiful parallel of, of and metaphor, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blame. I mean, it's a spiritual thing. You're trying to present, do everything you can to present your wife in this way. And you ought to love your wife as your own body. He who loves his, loves his wife loves himself. So when you, you really look at this, that's why I said you both have opportunity to really share the gospel in your marriage. And that's why when people see that. People are impressed by good, oh, strong marriage. They're yeah. impressed. They when say, how do you do that? When you see a woman with a submissive spirit and a, and a husband who's serving and they're both doing it for a greater good, it's just something about that that's impressive. And uh, it, it was is. God's idea. And it, 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 I do think it mirrors the image of what the kingdom represents of us all being married to Christ, which is really what Galatians 3 is all about, you know. So... I mean, I think it's a beautiful thing. It was God's idea. And once you kind of understand that this is bigger than folding clothes, and I mean, that's where we all go yeah. to. But really, those are just little things that are opportunities to serve. And, uh, you know, the greater thing is you're you're providing something that's great for the public, just the dynamic in the culture of having functional uh, marriages like this because it's better for your kids. It's better for society. I mean, you look at all the stats. Uh, you know, people who are married and and enjoy it. I mean, they're 
they make more money. They have more stable families. They're kid, you know, with two, no two. I mean, you just look at the, go look at the stats. It, it's out there. It's a if you can pull it off, it's a better way to live. So, uh, I, I mean, that just proves to me that God knows what He's doing. Well, and even <clears throat> even if you're in a public setting, not even a church setting, but you're in a public setting, and someone says, "Hey, somebody's out here has been married, you know, forty seven years," and they have them stand up, everybody cheers. Yeah. Like everybody acknowledges that it's a good thing when people are married a long time. They don't even know whether they've had a good marriage, bad marriage, <laughs> but hey, they've been married. Probably pretty good if it lasted for well, That's exactly years. right. People acknowledge that it's probably a good thing when people have stayed together for a long time. And so even people that don't even understand that. So, but you you bring up a good point, Jason. And, and Miss, you did earlier when you said the you have to learn because we've got a lot of young couples. They're listening to our podcast, and a lot of people just entering marriage. So you learn these things over time. I mean, mm-hmm. and you do have to go through the early years, right, Jill? I mean, you have to go through the early years. You mentioned that some of the early years, I mean, you're just, it's a struggle to figure yeah. some of these things out, right? Speak to that a little bit, Jill. I loved what Missy said when she was first starting her her analogy, and she was talking about how, you know, she had this list. This was what Jason was supposed to do. This is what I was supposed to do. And I think that we, our nature is to just divide all of the, okay, this is your job. This is your job. This is your job. And as I was listening to you guys talk, the overarching theme is basically we started coming together. We quit, we, we, we quit trying to separate everything out. Okay. This behavior modification, I forget what that book was. I'm not going to name it, but about it was all husbands do this and your wife will be happy. Wives do this. Your husband will be happy, happy. And I just think that's a flawed way to view. I just think God is always about coming together, coming together and you guys figuring that out over the years. And one of the things I was out is because I was thinking, I bet there are a lot of you know, newly married people watching this or young married or people that have been married for a long time and have husbands that aren't believers. And I did want to um, back up just a little bit to that scripture that's, you know, that they may be won over without a word by the behavior of their wives. And I thought, well, how do you win them over if you don't talk to them? And so I just wanted to speak a little bit into that scripture. I don't think he's saying, wives, you don't talk to your husband. I think it's more of a message of wives. Your your husband is going to see Christ in you more through what you do than what you say. It's similar to how we raise our kids. I mean, my, I can tell my kids all day long be like this or do this or don't do this or, but they're watching what I do. They're watching me. That's how they're formulating their, you know, it's, it's way less about what I say. And I think that scripture, you know, if you are watching this and you have an unbelieving husband, I think just the nagging and the, oh, you need, sir, you've got to believe, or you've got to read your Bible more or pray. All of that just, I think kind of goes in one ear and out the other. But you just loving them in a way that Christ has loved you and grace being something that flows openly throughout your marriage, that's going to have lasting impact on your spouse, rather than the just, you know, that kind of thing. No, well put. Well put. No, that's good. I do think, you know, if you're single and you're like, well, you know, I'm out on this discussion, I mean, ultimately... We're all the bridegroom of Christ, and I and I go back to that John two. I mean, there's a reason, you know that 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 was that was put in there that way. That you know the kingdom is really the feast of the Lord. It's being a part of that party, if you will, you know, for eternity. And uh, and guess what? We're still married to Jesus, and Jesus is still single. And he's still in his body. So because, you know, I've had people, young, young men come to me and they're like, you know, I just I mean, this is just too hard. I mean, why would God create me this way? You know, because they're single and they're not married. I have all these impulses. I'm like, well, Jesus has been single for about 2000 and uh, whatever something years. So he's he's still that way. And so there's no sense, you know, blaming God. Why did he make me this way? And we have plenty of passages in here, you know, where it says it's better. 
which I used that on your father-in-law when he said no. I said, well, it's better to marry than to burn with passion. I don't recommend saying that. Terrible thing to say in the moment, but I was angry. I was mad. But guess what? Uh, I think having this servant-like attitude is really key because what you're going to find is just like cooking, I think. If nobody ever criticizes the cooking, you could possibly eat terrible food the rest of your life. And marriage is all about, you know. The word would be more more instead of bad-minded is critique it. Well, yeah. You, know, you critique, well, but when famous chef, chefs get together, 10 of them cook the same type roast. Yeah. And then they vote on it and they say, yours is the best. Yeah. They come together as a group saying, he, he makes the best roast. How did you do that? He gives them the recipe until next next month we'll meet them do it and do another one. But my point was, unless you have this humble attitude and servant spirit, which is really the two ways we can share Jesus with our roles that God designed, you can't take criticism nor can you give it. Only in there can you, you know, receive that and, and which look, holding each other accountable and having these difficult conversations, that is is what makes makes us better, but ultimately it gives you a foundation for forgiveness, which we haven't talked about, but we're, we all mess up. We're humans. We're, 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 we have to live together, seeing each other at our best and our worst. Which we will talk about more. Um, we'll talk about some of that in the overtime. I want to make some comparisons to the Ephesians text, to the Peter text, because they are quite different. Uh, even though some of the themes are the same. So we'll do some of that in our overtime as well as so we're going to hold the ladies over for our next podcast as well because we didn't even get into some of the other things in the text uh, that I think Jill can help us with uh, about some of the adornment issues and some of those as well. So uh, come see us in our overtime. Uh, that's blazetv.com slash unashamed if you want to sign up for that and hear more from the unashamed wives, uh, which is always a good Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.